Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to Sunday morning service, Billericay Baptist Church. My name is Ian Smith. I'm the senior minister here. And it's a real privilege to bring God's work, word to you this morning. Thank you to Christine for putting together that playlist that we've listened to. And I'll be alluding to one of those songs uh, later on in the sermon. I'm going to later on be reading from Exodus chapter 33, starting at verse 11. The uh, title of the sermon is God With You. We know that, and I've spoken about that in some weeks past. But God with you, hearing his voice and knowing his presence. So hearing God's voice, which maybe to some of you listening sounds a bit strange, uh, knowing his presence, which we've spoken about, but that importance of his presence. And I'm going to read, as I say, from Exodus 33, the context of Exodus 33, or really all of Exodus, is Israel, the people of Israel, are uh, slaves in Egypt. Uh, they've become really quite a number of people, um, and where they went there originally welcomed, now they are slaves. And Moses is born, he's not called Moses yet, and he's placed in a basket. His mother had to do that. You might think, well, why would a mother give up her child and put him in this basket? Uh, and the reason is, it was to save him. Because the king of Egypt had wanted all the baby boys killed because Israel was going too, growing too fast. And he thought they might be a threat. Um, so Mo, uh, this baby's put in a basket and put on the river and he's found. And he's raised by Pharaoh's daughter, interestingly, who named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. And the Hebrew word for Moses sounds uh, like the word draw out. So she named him Moses. As time goes on, Moses realises um, that actually uh, his people were the people of Israel. And he kills an Egyptian when he sees him mistreating one of his own people. And he's mocked by his own people for doing that. And actually Pharaoh, when he finds out, wants him killed. So he flees second time that his life's been in danger. Time moves on. God calls him in this burning bush moment. In, in uh, chapter 3, verse 4, Moses says, Here I am. And God says to him in chapter 3, verse 10 of Exodus, I am sending you. There's this communication. He says, I'm going to send you to free the people from slavery. He'd heard their prayers. Moses, uh, chapter 3, verse 11, said, well, who am I? He's basically saying, who am I to do that? And God responds, I will be with you. And eventually, the people are freed. You'd think that would be the happy ending. It wasn't. Complaints followed. Uh, there was a law given. And then starts this pattern of rebellion, judgment, and repentance. Two things I want to point out before I read the uh, verse. Two things. God called. God called Moses. Moses listened and heard. God was calling him, but Moses listened and heard. If I said to you this morning, do you want to hear God in your life? I'm sure the answer would be yes. But is that notion strange to you? Is God really speaking to you? Can he speak to you? Of course he can. What's the problem? Why? Genuinely, it's because we're not listening. And Moses saying, well, who am I? He didn't feel worthy enough. He didn't feel he could do it. But, and God said, yeah, but I will be with you. So not only is Moses going to hear his voice, God says, my presence will go with you. You want that this morning as well? I do. I want to hear God's voice. And I want his presence to go with me. To do that, I need to listen and be aware. Listen to God's voice in all the different ways he speaks to us and be aware of his presence. And that means 
I can have and you can have a faith that's alive, alive. So let me read Exodus 33. I'm going to start at verse 11 and we'll go down to 23. The Lord would speak, uh, sorry, this is, um, sorry, yeah, Exodus 33, 11 to 23. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young assistant Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, leave these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favour with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favour with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. And then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock, and when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by, and then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. You know, when I was growing up, um, obviously I had a mum and dad and uh, you know, when, you, when you used to go out to play and stuff or you wanted to go out to play you'd always, you'd always be calling out dad, dad and you'd keep going until he spoke to you so what do you want son and, uh, and I, want you, you know, I want to go out to play well go down to the woods you could go on your own I want you to come with me okay well I'll come with you and there was something about the conversation and the planning and going with my dad of course later on that's mates and friends and everything else uh, the, the, the brilliant thing about this passage is that God is speaking to Moses. That's the first thing. And uh, it said in verse 11, the Lord would speak to Moses. And we put Moses on a high pedestal, as we probably should. Uh, but it's not, God doesn't only want to speak to certain people at certain times. He wants to talk to you today and forever. God speaks to us today. And we must be ready to listen, to pause and listen. He speaks in many ways. Think about um, maybe your devotional time or the prayer meetings or, 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 or your time when you're pondering God. How much of that is actually spent listening? Because it's great to come with our requests and, 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 and wanting to know, if you like, what God can do for us. Sometimes he's probably trying to get a word in edgeways. So how does, he, how does he speak to us? God speaks. Firstly, God speaks through his word. I've said this before. One of the major ways he speaks is through this holy book, Scripture. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. Paul, writing to this young pastor in Ephesus, Timothy, says all Scripture, all of it, all of the Bible is God-breathed. That word for breathed is ruach. It's, it's, it's continually breathing. 
It's not been written and now it's dead. It's written and it's alive and it can come alive. It's got, got continual breath and gives life. So all scripture is God breathed, ruach, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So it's, it's alive, it's God breathed. And we, we take the word and as we apply and as we listen and as we ponder, God can speak to us through it. Psalm 119, uh, 105 onwards. Your word, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I've taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. I've suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. The psalmist delighted in the law of the Lord. God speaks to us through the Bible. And so we need to be in the Bible, not just uh, learning and studying, but devotionally hearing God's voice through the Bible. This happened recently for me in my uh, various struggles. I've referred to this um, at the church members meeting. And there was a verse and it was confirmed to me and it, and, and it really spoke to me. It gave me hope, it gave me identity, but it leapt out of the pages of the Bible. Easy just to scan over, but it leapt out of the pages, went into my heart. And it was from Isaiah 43, verse 2, and this is the message translation. Don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I am God, your personal God. Isn't that amazing that I can get that encouragement? It's something that's written in the Bible. I know it's God's word and it spoke to me. You know, last week's prayer meeting was in the middle of it. Tom alluded to this last week. Um, And in that prayer meeting, we're just about to pray for some people and we'd heard some things going on and Roger was leading us. And I felt led to Psalm 30, verse 5, and I thought, I've got to share this. And it was for me, I I knew that, but I knew it's for others as well. And it says this, weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. And then we started praying for people. And I wanted to leave it out there. I said, I don't feel we need to talk about that, just leave it there. And then after that prayer, Tom said, oh, I'm reading this devotional book. And that verse was in there, and I've been looking it up, and I had my Bible open to Psalm 35, verse 5. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. And, and then the American uh, election obviously took place, but finally Joe Biden is sworn in. And he quotes one Bible verse in his whole speech. And it was a slightly different version, but Psalm 30, verse 5. These things happen. You can call them coincidences. And I'm not saying Joe Biden uh, wrote a, a script just for us, but three times... Uh, in the space of 24 hours, I knew God was speaking. In my troubled times, the more I delve into this sacred book, the more it comes alive in my heart by the power of the Spirit of God. Do not undermine or neglect this word. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You want to hear God speak? Listen. Let the word penetrate. Be people of the word, not the wooden word, the word that's alive. 
the word that's alive. So, God speaks, he speaks through his word. God speaks through his spirit, the Holy Spirit, a spirit that can compel you to do certain things. Acts 13, um, uh, starting at verse 1, it says, Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan who'd brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So after they'd fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Holy Spirit said, set, up, set them apart. How did that happen? It could be so many different ways. In, in my experience, there's feelings, there's compulsions, there's words drop into your mind. But if you're not listening, if you're not attentive, you can miss them. I had a dear member in my last church called Bill, really loved him. And he was ill and he was in Chelmsford Hospital. And uh, I was due to visit him on the Saturday and, and the day was Friday. And on the Friday, I started just getting a bit of a, I think I should go and see Bill. Well, I'm seeing him tomorrow, um, and uh, that should be okay. But it wouldn't leave me, and his face kept coming into my mind, and I thought of him in the hospital, I thought, I've, I could go and see him today. I'm going tomorrow, and I'm quite busy today, but it wouldn't let go. And I've got this feeling I should go and visit. Couldn't get it out of my mind. And in the end, I said to Andrea, I need to go and visit Bill, and I'm going to go there right now. And I got to uh, Chelmsford Hospital, Broomfield, and um, as I walked up towards the wall, just as before I was going into the wall, he had two sons. One was there, and his son came out of the wall. He said, well, that was really quick. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, we, just, we rang you to say, could you get to the hospital? I said, I haven't been into the office. I haven't got the call. Um, he said, no. He said, call. We called and said, come today. So I went in and saw uh, Bill. And um, I prayed with him. He was speaking. Um, he was an Arsenal fan, actually, and West Ham were playing them the next day, so we joked about that. And I kissed him before I left on his forehead. Um, and I knew in my spirit that was the last time I was going to see him. But I was going to visit him the next day, and he didn't die the next day. But I did get a phone call to say Ian, from his wife, thank you so much for visiting. I know you were due to go today, but the ward's been shut down. No visitors. There's an MRSA outbreak, not even ministers. And Bill died on the Sunday morning. See, that prompting, you can ignore it. I couldn't let it go, though. It was a nagging feeling. Sometimes you just know in your heart it's right. God speaks through his spirit. If you want to hear God's voice also, he speaks through prophecy, dreams, visions. Some people are blessed enough to hear his audible voice. Pictures come into your mind, face, do something about it. Or maybe it's a dream. God has spoken to me in dreams before. I really committed my life to him once because of a dream. It was so powerful. But listen, I went to, before I was a Christian, before I'd even done an Alpha course, before I was even going to church, and I wouldn't say I was anti, but I certainly had no interest. I was having too much uh, of a wild time. And, uh, but um, I, I went to a carol service um, just at Christmas because people do, and it's, in London at Westminster Hall, and someone was with us and um, turned to Andrea and said, Ian will become a Christian minister. And Andrea told me, and I thought, oh, she's stupid. Um, but that's a word of prophecy. It happened. It was so against the odds. Uh, sometimes if we want to hear good, God speak, we hear it through other Christians. Proverbs twelve fifteen says, The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. 
Not I've got a personality that will run ahead and say, oh, we should be doing this or we could be doing that. But rather than charging ahead, my immediate, if you like, council of reference, my immediate call is the other pastors, the elders, uh, my wife. You know, I can ask people and say, well, collaboratively, what do we think this is of God? And listen to advice. So many times I've been stopped making a real fool of myself because I've just stopped and asked. And some said, Ian, that's not a good idea. And so, yeah, you're right. Or Ian, that feels it's right of God. Let's test it and we move forward. If you want to hear God speak, we've got to know what he's saying to us as a church. Uh, read Revelation 2 and you see that sometimes there's messages for the whole church. The Spirit of God, the angel of God speaking to the churches, warning them, encouraging them. And it's important for all of us to listen. It's important that when we gather as church, even with a, a Zoom meetings at the moment, but hopefully at some point in the future uh, together in the flesh, that we listen for God and what he's saying, because he will speak, giving him space, it's important. That One of the early prophecies for this church, where people felt God speak to them, was that uh, this church would send people all over the world for the sake of the gospel. And, and that's happened. There are people all over the world that from this church for the sake of the gospel. There are other Baptist ministers in other churches that were trained here and sent out. Want to know what's next? Keep listening. I'm not the only one who hears his voice. Come collectively together, we can help. I've got an idea of where God's leading us next, but I'm going to have to test that. I think it's going to be so much of like a being of of relationship, not with with God, but also with other people. Church of relationship, spreading out, because we've got so many relationships, both sacred and secular. If you want to hear God speak, look for the circumstantial signs, the open and closed doors, and, and maybe not argue with them so much. Maybe think, okay, there's been loads of times I've wanted to go in a direction and the door's closed. I'm frustrated. I look back and I think, thank God I didn't go down that route. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9, Paul's writing, he said, I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened for me. So there's this opportunity. So he says, well, I'm going to stay here. God's given me this opportunity. I'm going to use it the best way I can. And I, I, I remember, I know the feelings I had when I was first called to stock, and then when I felt called here. I knew quite a, a way ahead of time. Uh, big decisions in our lives, whether it's moving houses, or for you, if it could be career. It's trusting those opened and closed doors. And God does close doors sometimes. Acts 16, verse 7. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. They thought they knew what they were doing, but actually Jesus stopped them. Now we know there's an enemy as well that tries to stop us, and we need that discernment. But if anything comes out of this passage, and, and, the, and the parts that I've read to you, is we need to listen. And we're so busy rushing around. Uh, you need to listen to the word. Let it speak to you. It's alive and it's active. The more I'm in it, the more it speaks. God speaks to me. Uh, listen to the Holy Spirit, those nagging feelings. Can't let it go. You can ignore them. They're, no, they're probably always nearly right. Look out for the prophecy. Think about the dreams and the visions. Get the counsel of other Christians. Listen as a church. Look at the signs, the circumstantial signs, and the doors opening and closing to see what God would do. The word that connects all of them is listen. Moses heard God. He listened, and then he journeyed with God, which is going to lead us nicely into the second half. God speaks, 
you can hear him, which is an exciting faith, hearing God's voice, you can always, the second point, know his presence. The other thing that was vitally important to Moses was the assurance that God's presence was with him. He knew he was weak without it. How many times have I charged forward and then expected God to catch up? I've put myself in his place a bit rather than the other way. So God's presence. Moses knew he had to rely on God's presence. Uh, Let me just read um, uh, verses 12 to 14 of Exodus 33 again to you. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favour with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favour with you. Remember, this nation is your people. So he's saying, look, you're asking me to lead, but they're your people. And it's great that you've put me in this position, but I need your help. These are your people. And the Lord replies to him, verse 14, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you. This is so important. And right now, this morning, God's presence is with you because he has said he'll never leave you or forsake you. But you need to be in tune with it. You need to know it, to feel it, to determine, to acknowledge it. Wherever you are, it's vital to realise it, that we're a people that go with God's presence. And if we realise that and acknowledge it and experience it, then we can go with confidence. Then it's life-changing. Whatever that involves, your career, your relationships, your marriage, your gift of singleness, uh, your ministry, God's presence goes with you and people will see the difference. And it was so important to Moses. And in verse 15, Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How often do we get ourselves in a position, we get somewhere and then we say, actually God can effectively was saying, can you catch up? Can you come into my way of plans? Imagine if before I left the house, I said, God, I I don't want to go unless your presence is with me. I'm so, so uh, reliant on your presence, whether it's Waitrose, Tesco's, Aldi's, whatever I'm doing, I want to go with your presence. When I'm preparing a sermon, I want to have your presence. When I'm pastoring someone, please have your presence. When I'm in my, in your offices or on a Zoom meeting, Please let me be the bringer of your presence. Please have your presence with me. Because it's not a good place to go without it. And he realises, Moses, doesn't he, that without it, then they're no different from anywhere else, anyone else. Verse 16, how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? You see, when we go out and God's presence we know it's with us, but we know it's with us. We're acting like it's with us. We believe it's with us. We're operating the power that God is with us. Then you will distinguish yourself from other people. There will be something about you that will be attractive. And how do you know that? Because God, finally, as I end, says yes to Moses. He says, verse 17, I will do the very thing you have asked. His presence will go with him. Remember in the Great Commission, uh, last words recorded in Matthew's Gospel of Jesus. He's talking about going out, making disciples, baptising them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. He says, I will be with you to the very end of the age. So, in your devotions, how? let me just 
give you this question and think about it. You're reading the Bible, the prayers, the worship, everything else. How much time is spent listening? In your praying, in your reading of the word, do you pause? Do you say, God, what are you saying to me? I, I have different ways that that I I try and hear God's voice and, it, and most of it is just making myself available. He'll do it. I love being near water, love seeing the ocean, pondering. Roger said the other week, didn't he? He loves looking at the stars, uh, the God's awesomeness. Whatever way works for you. But make sure you listen. If you open my Bible, you see there's passages that are underlined where I believe God has spoken to me. I've got a book as well that if I'm seeking God something or, or I'm really struggling, I'm reading the Word, I write down what I believe he would say and, and it normally would be. Write it in a journal. What do you think God is saying? Most of the time we know the answer. But it's a great way of discerning and hearing his voice. Moses made himself available. He said, here I am, even though he knew his weaknesses. And we, we need to make ourselves, you need to make yourself available in this busy life. We need to be available to what God calls us to. We need to go along with the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 6, here I am, send me. The church, together, collaboratively, as a, as a movement, needs to be available. And prophetic, speaking into the world and all the things that are going on. But it would be wrong of me to say there won't be confrontation as we do that. It'll occur, just like it did with Pharaoh and the world. And Jesus warns us that people will say things against us. The world will react in many different ways, but the church is called to be prophetic and distinct. We can bend and we can be flexible, but we don't want to break just to fit the culture. And in those days, there was rebellion and there was judgment there is repentance. God was always calling his people back to him. And I believe that's what he's doing in our nation, our world today. I believe he's trying to call the people back to him. Never in my lifetime have I not been so sure what's happening tomorrow or not sure of what's happening tomorrow or the next three months or the next six months. There's a fear in not knowing. Everyone wants to say, well, how are we going to do this and how are we going to open? I don't know. But I'm walking in faith with God and I don't want to Go and make loads and loads of plans unless he's with us. I want him to go before us. See the parallels in our world as people have turned their back on God? And I said this the other week, look what's happening. Wars, rumours of wars, discord, natural disasters, all spoken about in the Bible, signs of the end of the age. We need to be ready. We're a sent people. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. We're ambassadors. We say this often because we love to remind ourselves. Great privilege. Great honour, but also great responsibility. So, be a force for good. That sort and light. Listen and hear his voice. Acknowledge his presence. And rest on his promise. As we open ourselves to him, he goes with us. We don't want to go where he's not there. We've already sung a song. I'll finish by reading the words. We've already sung a song that really sums this up. Thank you to Christine for picking it. But Guardian, King of love and grace, my Guardian, all my hopes and fears are in your hands. I'm in your hands. Where you, you go, I'll go. Show me the way. Every step I take, be now my guide, God on my side. When I hear you, I'm listening, when I hear you, Say, trust and obey. I will walk by faith and not by sight, God of my life. 
So let your kingdom come, your will be done. All your promises will stand forever. You're my defender. You go before me, you're there beside me. And if I wander, love will find me. Goodness and mercy will always follow. You go before me, my guardian. Lord, we thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, that we'll be a people that, that listen, that cultivate your presence in our lives and rely on your promises. I pray we'll have a faith that is alive. I pray, Lord, we'll hear your voice through these holy scriptures. Pray for more of your spirit speaking to your people here. Give us prophecies, dreams, words, visions, pictures. Let the words leap out to us. We thank you, Lord, that you're not some far distant God, that you're right beside us. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. King of love and grace, my God.